0: Radio Episode 27 of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley, and my co-host is not Brad or Jared this week. Their internet connections aren't working very well. So, I'm going ahead with, he was a scheduled guest anyway, my co-host from what the Hello. f***, Ed Glazer. Hello. Yes. Yeah, sorry, uh, you, were, you weren't supposed to be forced to be the co-host, but I'm happy that you are. So. Well, you know, I'm...
1: I'm thinking. Do you, you remember watching uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast? And then a while after that, they came out with uh, cartoon. Was it was it uh, Cartoon Planet? Cartoon was Planet. The other one? Yes. And so it's kind of it's kind of like that now. You've got the two different shows, and you know, same kind of host situation for this this particular episode.
0: Right. And i I've, I've still got Skype open, so if Brad or Jared pop on, I'll just uh, add them to the conversation here. But for now, I don't think they're going to pop on. <laughs> He said their internet connection was real bad, and you got to remember Brad and Jared are in the same building. So if one of their internet connections are bad, both of theirs are.
1: We should just you know text them the topic, and then they can text back whatever their thoughts are, and we can share that on the air.
0: See, I don't have texting, so it's twenty five cents per te- text for me.
1: Oh, see, there you go.
0: Because I hate texting. I despise it. I've I've literally texted about three times in my entire life and two of those were... You know, here. I've
1: never really dug it, but, oh, but um, uh, what I found was that I had colleagues and friends and stuff who ended up using it more and more, and I thought, okay, you know what, it's, it's, it's going to be necessary for me to use it, and so I've kind of gotten comfortable with it, even though I don't do it very often.
0: See, I've done it once when I was working on the Feed the Fish movie. It was shot, like, way up in the tip of Door County, and there was no cell reception, and I, I was lost trying to find one of the locations. There's no cell reception, but for some reason, texts would get through which I don't understand. So I was able to text, hey, I'm lost. I'm on this street. Where do I go? So oh, that, nice. that's two of the three texts I've sent in my entire life. Hey, well, that was a good one. You know, maybe I'm just not enough of an engineer. If you don't get cell reception, how do you get text reception?
1: It's probably because this, the reception is so small that doing a constant voice signal is difficult because that's a lot of data, but just a few bits of text, that
0: can get through. That makes sense. And, and since we're talking about technology, technology there our topic for tonight is also technological sort of indeed our topic was going to be laser discs we're going to get on to something else that ed brought up off mic before but let's talk laser discs first because you brought this up the last time you were on you were curious what lds i had and i finally sat down and made a list and i sent it to you and you were like oh cool absolutely what people got to remember about laser discs is i don't hate dvd at all but I love Laserdisc. And people seem to have this same, I guess I'd call it overwhelming love for DVD and Blu-ray. Like, do you remember when DVD started to overtake VHS? Oh, yeah. And everyone was, ugh, VHS. Who would go to that antiquated format? They do the same thing to Laserdisc, even though Laserdisc, in some cases, is the exact copy they're getting on DVD. I've got numerous DVDs that are literally a rip of the laser disc and i'm talking sure. official dvds so there's but zero difference in quality
1: yeah but here is the difference you don't have to switch discs
0: okay i give you that one but i do have an auto flip so i it's one of my laser players i don't have to flip discs
1: oh well aren't you fancy
0: yeah it, it's the one that's got a laser on the top and the bottom so it it, it auto flips it that's awesome So I don't have to get up unless it's a really long movie or in CAV format where you can only get 25 minutes to a disc. Right. That's like the ultimate ultra-high-quality format. Because usually a movie, let's say an under-two-hour movie, would be one disc, two sides. But then I've got some that are in CAV format that, like Terminator 2, I think is seven discs.
1: Whoa, that's intense. I've got um, uh, Andromeda Strain that I think goes on to, like... Uh, two deaths, One one each side and then one side of the other one, I think.
0: Right. Yeah, I've seen some of those. One that really got me and we'll get to this a little bit more when I start listing off some of the stuff I got is The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, that old 80s cartoon. It's got five episodes. Okay? You can only fit just under an hour per side. So they have two full episodes on side one, half of the next episode and then the other half of the episode begins on the second side and then the other two episodes. So literally one episode is split at the disc flip mark.
1: It's like an 8-track.
0: Sort of. It's like that was weird. I, I didn't understand why they did that. My Tales from the Dark Sides didn't do that. My Tales from the Dark Sides had five episodes on them and they would put three on one side and two on the other.
1: It's just, I mean, it's, it's like it's like VHS where you can do extended play and you know, whatever. you could, It's however they chose to do it.
0: It just, I thought that was odd that I'd, I'd have to flip the disc in the middle of the episode. These are the ones I've got and I'd, l- I'd like your opinion or questions when I read off some of these movies. Okay, Ed? Mm-hmm. Okay, for my box sets, I'm talking five or more discs. Y- and these are the ones usually that are loaded with extras, where I got Alien, the box set.
1: Fantastic.
0: Aliens, the box set, oh. which was actually the very first one I ever owned. I didn't even have a laser disc player yet, but I was such a fan, I bought that knowing that I would eventually get one. Nice. Uh, the Abyss box set. So a lot of Cameron. Next one, Terminator Two. Another yeah, camera. There you go. Dawn of the Dead, seven. The Actually, let me go back to Dawn of the Dead.
1: What what version of Dawn of the Dead?
0: The real Romero cut, not the one called the director's cut that has all that extraneous footage in it. Mm-hmm. It's, I think this is the one that was released as the theatrical cut. Okay. But it's it's Romero's preferred cut of the movie. So in reality, it's the director's cut. If that sure. makes any sense at all. Yeah. Absolutely. And that one's got uh, some extras that are not on the any of the DVDs. It's got a totally different commentary track because they have an all-new commentary on the DVD. So this is a different commentary, and it's got some behind-the-scenes footage of of them like going back to the Monroeville Mall 20 years later. Nice. You know, now if I so if I can stop
1: you real quick there. Yeah. I do remember that there was an early DVD release of that that had. Half the movie on one of one side of the dVD and then half the movie on the other side of the d v d and I was like did they just did they just dupe a laser disc onto like literally
0: dupe a laser disc onto this dVD or what some of the early dVDs did that i my the very first release of seven did that that was a flipper for the movie, as was my copy of rosewood rosewood 's a flipper also
1: i and what i 'm guessing there is that they just do really have their compression because i don 't think that those were particularly high quality because uh, I, I mean, you know, cause they were high quality could, compared could,
0: to they were high quality compared to the VHSs. But yeah, well, yeah. So yeah, I've 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 got some flippers where where the movie has to be flipped. It's weird when it happens, but I've got a few of those. Um, but seven. That's a that's another one that's got stuff that's not on the DVD. That one it's got a blooper reel which is not on the DVD. Whoa! It has a different commentary track. Again, the DVD has four commentaries. And none of them are the ones from, are the one from the laserdisc, whoa, which is strange. Oh, and back to Terminator 2, it all that also has the Guns N' Roses music video on it, which is not on the DVD.
1: Oh, I remember that. I remember watching that. I remember watching MTV specifically in the hopes that that video would come on.
0: What people got to realize is, you know, that's 1991. You know, you just saw the trailer at that point. There was no internet. There was no getting secret deleted scenes or early scenes. If you didn't see it on Entertainment Tonight or in the trailer, that music video, that Guns N' Roses video, had tons of scenes from the movie in it. That was basically our first look at actual scenes from the movie. You were exactly right. And that was such a big deal back then. Because I think only the teaser trailer was out by the time that video hit. I don't think, you know, the one that didn't actually show any footage, it had all the, the T-100s being built in the factory. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only trailer that was out at that time. So I think this was our real first look at footage from Terminator 2. And that was a big deal for us. Got my 12 Monkeys box set. Oh, nice. It, it's The DVD is an exact port of the Laserdisc. Exact extras, exact commentary, everything. Got my JFK box set. That one... Do you have the DVD for JFK? No. Well, on the DVD, one of the extras listed is a History Channel special that was made at the time the movie was made. Problem is, it's not on the DVD, for whatever reason they couldn't acquire the rights after they'd already printed up the jacket. The bo- the laserdisc still has that special, cool. Uh, and then my last box set would be Natural Born Killers. All right. When I bought NBK, it still was in the shrink wrap. Just take a guess. I I paid twelve dollars. I paid eleven ninety nine. Take a guess what the sticker price was. Gosh, like what a hundred, at least higher. Uh, two hundred. 189.99. Holy cow. 189.99. I was like, uh, I've got a Beta Beastmaster cassette, okay? Mm-hmm. In one of those MGM big boxes for Betas, still has the price on it, 89.99. Just think of paying $90 for the Beastmaster Pan and Scan on VHS in 82.
1: Well, I mean, you, you had to. That was the only way of doing it. That was what that was what it cost for rental stores to buy it. The thing was that VHS and and Betamax, those were those were rental formats they weren't collector's formats laserdisc was the collector's format but you know if you didn't have a laserdisc player then vhs was your collector's format
0: right i just i couldn't believe well i paid a dollar for it i found it at goodwill the Beastmaster nice. one. nice so i i didn't i didn't pay the 90 bucks but it still had the sticker price and i i left it on because it was just kind of cool. i mean right now literally i have a vhs for braddock missing in action 3 the media entertainment vhs in front of me sticker price 89.95 Oh, I've got that VHS. Mine still has the sticker on it, and I'm just like, you know what, I don't know if I could have paid 90 bucks for missing an Action 3. I think I spent uh, 50 cents for it. I spent, I think, $1.99, so I overpaid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, moving on to my Laserdisc. Horror. I've got Exorcist 3, which is one of my favorite movies. I don't I don't understand why everyone c- all over that movie.
1: I adore that movie.
0: With the, I, I understand the ending is a little abrupt, but that's not the original ending. Exorcist 3... It's an amazingly well-directed and amazingly tense thriller. I like it better than the first one. I do, too. I will say that right now. Oh, I I do as well. And it has one of the best and non-cheap jump scares ever, that hallway scene, Hmm. in the hospital. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. That is one of the best, most well-placed and well-set-up jump scares I've ever seen in my life. So I highly recommend to all the exorcist 3 haters or people who are avoiding it because it's a you know a sequel check it out. It's a very very good movie. In fact just just bypass number 2 and go right to number 3. See number 2 has remember when we were talking about on on the what the fuck show about why Michael Bay's movies look gorgeous? Exorcist 2 mm-hmm. is one of those for me. It's a beautiful visual film. Oh, I
1: won't argue with that. Uh, you're right. It is it is gorgeous, but it's stupid.
0: Oh, yeah, it's so bad. It just, you know, if you want to just see the beautiful cinematography, then you should still check out Exorcist 2. But Exorcist 3, thankfully, completely ignores it, and it's a direct sequel to the first film. Absolutely. Which is a really, I mean, other than having to recast actors because all the original actors were dead except for uh, Father Karis. Then I got uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes from Ray Bradbury. That one's got a weird DVD versus Laserdisc history. Laserdisc, no extras except a commentary track by the director and Ray Bradbury. DVD, no commentary track, but brand new making of special. So each one has something that the other one doesn't. Interesting. Which is really weird for that one. Uh, I've got Night of the Living Dead, the 25th anniversary edition. That beautiful remastered Elite print. Oh, cool. And it's got a commentary. It's got the Night of the Living Bread parody on it. And uh, I think it's got relatively modern interviews with everyone except for dwayne jones because obviously he was dead by that point mm-hmm. um i got yes i know but i got the howling 2 on laserdisc nice <laughs> i had to it's a red brown movie come on yeah
1: God. absolutely
0: see the thing with howling 2 for me is i swear that was written as a vampire script and they just changed it to werewolves didn't bother changing anything else in the script
1: it's entirely possible i don't know much about the history of that one but well I
0: in that, the werewolves can hypnotize you with their eyes. They can cast magic spells. They can only be killed with a titanium stake through the heart. And werewolves originate in Transylvania. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that sounds like a vampire movie. Does that sound like werewolf to you? Yeah, not a bit. Uh, let's see, I got the Frighteners, Frankenstein and the Mummy and the originals. Frankenstein's mm. uncut. It's got the little girl in the water scene. Oh, wow. Omen 4. It was on sale. Nice. It was on sale, so Omen 4. Uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I love that movie, and it's got a totally different commentary than the la- than the DVD does. Cool. Actually, it has two commentaries. What the DVD is is sort of a best-of of both the commentaries from the Laserdisc edited together. Hmm. So you get two full commentaries on the Laserdisc.
1: That's terrific.
0: Uh, I've got Bram Stoker's Dracula, the special edition. It's got tons of deleted scenes, a commentary by Francis Ford Coppola... Uh, it's got a new making-of special, bunch of stuff that's not on the DVD. Oh, the DVD does have those, but again, totally different commentary track. Lord of Illusions from Clive Barker. I, I do
1: wonder what the deal is with that, because you've got, uh, with making-of specials and so forth, there might be some issue with whatever production company actually produced the making-of, right. which might be different from the company that released it. But I, I, guess, I guess commentaries must be the same way. I guess someone holds the copyright to them, and it may not be the distributor.
0: Well, it's the same thing with uh, different countries. My uh, imports of Creep, Show, They Live, and Prince of Darkness all have commentary tracks. The American discs, none, because they were made by a British company for the British release. So you have to import those to hear them.
1: Gotcha. Which actually um, brings me to another point, if you don't mind me no. pausing. Uh, but you're the co-host. Uh, you have the right to. Sure. Well, uh, Criterion Collection actually, their entire they did an entire series of uh, Laserdisc releases and all of their material is ex- one, exclusive to the Criterion releases, and two, exclusive to the LaserDisc releases, and I'm not sure I, I feel like perhaps it was it was Criterion being nearsighted, but I, I'm, I'm not certain of that, uh, that they only had rights to release them on uh, LaserDisc, and so you get massive, major Criterion releases like uh, Citizen Kane that have a wealth of material that has never been seen on DVD because they don't have DVD release rights, it's back to you know and Turner classic movies or who, you know whoever whoever did the the cane right. uh, re-release and there's a, there's a big one now on on uh blu-ray and i i doubt that it has any other criterion material i, I had have, a um i have the dvd film...
0: for citizen kane i i didn't see any reason to get it on blu-ray
1: yeah well i mean they they just did a super massive uh release of it or 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 are doing one and it's maybe just coming out but um i had a film professor who created or called together a bunch of the material for uh the laser disc release and i think did a commentary for it but uh that stuff is all it's all gone now he did that he did um uh, magnificent ambersons
0: brazil just got released on blu-ray i mean i'm sure you've got the brazil criterion edition on dvd with the three discs i i don't have it but i've i've seen it well the blu-ray just the movie not even the trailer just the movie I noticed that actually because
1: I because I didn't own that release and I thought oh it's out on Blu-ray I'll, you know I should probably just get that and I was disappointed with what it didn't come with which is yeah. everything.
0: I mean yes it's the director's cut of the movie so there is that but really you can't even give me the trailer if nothing else. Uh, but let's see I got Lord of Illusions from Clive Barker special edition it's exactly the same as the DVD all the same extras literally this is one of those ones where they ported the DVD to the or the laser disc to the dvd and just left it at that reanimator again different commentary track Mm. the only thing that's different on that one is the commentary track but the reanimator's got two commentaries and again the the dvd is new commentary so it's it's totally different ones very cool and my last one under horror would be q the winged serpent Oh, I just saw the movie for the first time not long ago really what do you think i lo- I oh. loved seeing seeing Qui Kane team up with shaft
1: Yeah, absolutely. no, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a little bit wonky it was it was the same guy who did um the stuff,
0: right yep same and, director. And, and God told me to and Black Caesar and yeah he, he did a lot of black exploitation stuff larry Cohen he, he
1: is he is a little bit his his structure is a little bit wonky, but they're always fun.
0: well, they started that movie without a script. Did they really? Yeah, he he was in New York to, I can't remember what it was, what movie. He was in there for a a finance meeting for whatever movie. I think he said it never even got made. And he was just looking up at the Chrysler building and said, wow, that'd be a great place for a nest. And then he just kind of, hey. He knew David Carradine. He knew Richard Roundtree. He knew Michael Moriarty. He called them all up. Threw together a little bit of money, started guerrilla shooting, and they were just shooting things, and then he wrote the script around the scenes that they were shooting.
1: That's fantastic.
0: So the fact that the movie's coherent at all is sort of a surprise. Oh, that's marvelous. But yeah, so they actually were shooting that. The very first scene that they shot is the scene with David Carradine and Michael Moriarty in the bar. Um, Let's see, moving on to sci-fi fantasy, I got 2010. Unfortunately, that one's not widescreen, which kind of pisses me off.
1: Well, and that's another thing is that uh, one of the major differences, I believe, uh, someone out there in the listening audience can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, if you had Letterbox Laserdisc, Letterbox, just the same way you had Letterbox on VHS tape, which meant you had a full you had full screen a full screen aspect ratio, and then within that was the widescreen. Right. And one of the advantages of DVD is that they can actually do an anamorphic copy of the film so that you're, you're filling that 720 by 480 uh, sort of digital space but your DVD player, your television understands that you stretch that out uh, when you're actually displaying it so you, you get more information there than you do from a purely letterbox uh, version of a film.
0: But, but prior to Anamorphic we didn't know any better and it was just nice seeing the film's widescreen.
1: Well it was still the best you got and that's why, and that's one of the things that, that LaserDisc had going for it
0: which is why I don't understand uh, why 2010 was the full-frame print. That's the only one that was put onto Laserdisc. So in, literally until the DVD came out, that was the only print you could get. There was no widescreen version of 2010 out there.
1: I, I wonder if it was just the, the distributor cheaping out and the same master that was used for the VHS.
0: It might be, because that was... I don't know. that was I love, I love 2010. I absolutely adore that movie. So... I was really pissed when I bought it and then got it home and popped the Laserdisc in and went, damn
1: it. Sure.
0: It's like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's still, it's nice to have it on laser, but it would have been nice to see the entire frame. Uh, and then we got ghost in the shell, the, the anime, mm-hmm. which eh, it's an all right movie. It's not great. The next one, I found this one at Goodwill for a dollar, still factory sealed time bandits. Oh, excellent. Widescreen too. Nice. Uh, Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. Another Fantastic. Movie, another movie I just love.
1: I haven't seen that in
0: years, but what a great film. Spoonie would want to get this one from me, The Dungeon Master.
1: Oh, I only vaguely remember that one.
0: I've got it on VHS as well. That one's not on DVD at all, to my knowledge. Huh. Oh, and you got to, audience, you have to remember, when we say not on DVD, we're in America. So some of this stuff might be available legally elsewhere. Oh, yeah, I mean, I got... um, Just not to
1: us. I bought The Shadow, the 1994 film, on Laserdisc because it was the only way that I could get the film in widescreen at all in America. And then I found out shortly after that that it's available widescreen in the UK and I could have just imported a DVD and played it on my multi-region player. But whatever, I have a Laserdisc of it, so there.
0: There's milk on the floor. Don't cry over it.
1: That's right. Uh, Sour grapes.
0: Exactly. I've got Dragon Slayer. Great nineteen eighty one, cool. I, I've got Dragon Slayer widescreen. I've got The Wall, which I am going to show my son one of these days. He's still never seen Pink Floyd's The Wall. Speaking of Brazil, I, mm. have, the, I have the director's cut of that on laser. Got the great uh, Runaway, the Michael Crichton movie with uh, Tom Selleck and the acid spitting robot spiders. Oh wow, I haven't seen that. You've never seen that? Mm Um Gene Simmons from the from Kiss is the villain. Tom Selleck is the head of the Runaway Squad. In, I can't. I can't remember if they tell you what year it was that it takes place, but it's 1984 that it was made. Michael Crichton wrote and directed it. Tom Selleck is the head of the Runaway Squad. It's his job to take in when robots go crazy. Gene Simmons is named Luther. He's an insane guy who has an army of spiders that are the size of like you know your the mouse on your for your computer. There's a, there are these robot spiders that inject acid into people and then explode and Tom Selleck has to track him down. You get to see Kirstie Alley get a knife to the back of the skull, too. Wow. I would recommend it. Runaway's not too bad. It's, you know, I mean I I honestly I think that Michael Crichton's stuff
1: is best suited for films and not so much for books.
0: I've never actually read any of his read any of his stuff. I've seen most of the movies, but I've never read any of the source materials.
1: There's a lot of there's a lot of paranoid, prejudiced claptrap, and of course the, the 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 stuff behind them the the premises are all so stupid and based on everyone in the world being stupid in order to force the plot to work. Where if you're reading it over the course of several hours, it really gets to you. But if you're watching it, if you're watching it over the space of an hour and a half, uh, it's much more enjoyable.
0: Then we got Screamers, the Peter Weller. Love the short story it was based off of. Movie was so disappointing. Mm. The movie just could not hold up to how good the story. Second Variety was. Then I got Future Zone, the uh, David Carradine movie. That's a sequel to Future Force.
1: Yeah, I've got I've got that on on DVD.
0: That one's on DVD.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know who what com- I can't I couldn't tell you what company, but they bought a bunch of. Um, Action Films International or whatever the company's name is and a bunch of their films and I think I think they made Future Force and Future Zone if not then they bought their stuff too and released a bunch of them on super cheap DVDs along with the unmisted version of Space Mutiny. You know there's not a whole lot of extra stuff. I was I was really struggling to figure out what, what I wasn't used to seeing.
0: Uh, let's see I got Strange Days. Oh I love that movie. Yeah that's a great one. Uh, a Boy and His Dog. Love that movie. That one's got a commentary on it. You ever see that? I haven't. I should. I it's it's been on my list. Oh, that one is awesome. A boy and his dog, I'm not, I don't want to give anything away to you. Trust me, it's not gonna go the places you think it's gonna go. That's I It's all I I'll say eager to see it. It's all I'll say is it does not go where you think it's gonna. And you see Don Johnson really acting too. Uh let's see we got all right. Terminator and Terminator two, both widescreen. Dune, widescreen, Blade Runner, I it's only the director's cut unfortunately.
1: Now you've got Dune the theatrical cut, yes? Yes, because it is, was released on Japanese LaserDisc in the extended version.
0: Oh, I hate I, I agree with David Lynch on that. That's Alan Smithy worthy.
1: Oh, we well, sure, but it's it's fun if you're if you're a fan.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see the scenes, but in my opinion, they should not have been put back into the movie. It's just nice to have seen them on their own.
1: It is. It is merely an alternate version, not a. Good version.
0: That's a great way to put it. Yes, (laughs) it's just another cut of the film. But no, I've got the correct theatrical cut, widescreen. It's got the trailer on it for an extra. Um, Got Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Escape from New York has quite a few extras. It's got uh, deleted scenes and can't remember if it has a commentary by Carpenter or not. You know, I should check. I
1: should check my DVD of that because the special edition DVD that's got a bunch of stuff on it. So I wonder if there's some uh, similarities there.
0: I I think most of the laserdisc wound up on the special edition because I've got that DVD also. You know what? I don't care what people say. I love Escape from LA. Best ending of a movie. I've it's probably in my top ten best endings ever. Sure. Outland, the Sean Connery movie. Oh, I haven't seen that. How is it? It's great and it's terrible. If that makes any sense. Sure. That sounds like it's right up my alley. It's it. First of all, it looks phenomenal. I mean, the money was on the screen, especially for 1981. The special effects are amazing. It's one of those movies that, have you ever seen High Noon? You know, not all the way through, actually, but yes. It it, it literally is High Noon on IO. Oh, yeah, okay, that's right, that's right, I have heard that. And it's got a good cast, good acting, but all the characters get stupid in the last 20 minutes. I mean, literally stupid, stupid that they, they do things that are so dumb to have even attempted to do in space. And then it's got the thing where, you know how, what would really happen if, a, if an astronaut you know, got a hole in his suit? Yeah, dead. Right, but it's not like the way they show it in the movies. This guy gets one little hole in his suit, and he just, his, it just fills with blood and gore. Yeah, not so much. And it's like, no, guys, that's not the way that would work. Thanks for uh, just being gory there, but that's not the way it works. Outland is good. I highly recommend you see it. Your brain's going to be insulted at, in the last 20 minutes.
1: That's okay. I'm just, sure I've seen worse.
0: It, yeah, well, I'm sure you have too, but it does fall apart. Get Empire and Jedi, mm-hmm. widescreen, no CGI. These are the real versions.
1: I No, I, I don't have those, but I, I, I don't have those laser discs, but I did pick up the DVDs that those on there, and they are not anamorphic. They're just they're exactly the same as the laser disc. They're letterboxed because apparently Lucas taped over the negatives or something. I don't know. He made he up doesn't some care. nonsense. Yeah, he
0: doesn't care. Um, then I got Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which I love the first film. I, I like the second one better. Really? I, I think it's got the more nihilistic, wow, I didn't see that coming, ending. Okay, that's fair. Well, and that's all That's
1: all uh, thanks to um, Charlton Heston.
0: Yeah, because he, not only did he want to die, he wanted to make sure there was no way you were bringing Taylor back. Uh-huh. When you blow up the whole planet, that, that'll tend to do that. I don't consider that a spoiler considering it's a 30-plus-year-old movie
1: now my favorite thing about that is that he refused to really be in the film he was like kill me off at the beginning and they said well no what if we just split your scenes up between the beginning and the end and he was like alright right. and so then instead they hired a different actor to play a different character but right. this actor was identical to Charles. Oh yeah he I, uh, acted just, the same he James- looked the same everything yeah. it's, it's James Franciscus and they just they just were like be Charlton Heston and he was like alright I, I, I assume I assume that's how that went down
0: well, it had to because you're you're not wrong at all. He was basically doing Charlton Heston, and I don't know. I just liked it. Like I said, back in what was that, '72 that that one came out. Did anyone ever see that ending coming? Hey, they blow up the whole planet. Nobody saw that coming. Probably not. And then I got Life Force, the great Dan O'Bannon Toby Hooper movie. Yeah. Correct version too. The that's the uh, European cut. Oh, I don't think I have that version. Oh, uh, it's 15 minutes longer and oh my god, does it make so much more sense than the American cut. Int- well, that's that's exciting. I should look into that one. If you have it on DVD, they only released the European cut, so No, you, I I've only I've only got the VHS actually. Then yeah, you've probably got the American version. The European cut makes so much more sense. Then I got Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars from 86. Again, I don't know why everyone craps on that movie. I like that movie quite a bit. They got Flash Gordon. Uh, Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy. Ugh. It's fun, come
1: on. Oh my god, no, if I I had seen it in a theater, I would have walked out as it was. I rented it and walked out of the room. It was awful.
0: Well, I've got that on DVD and Laserdisc, so... No, I have it on VHS as well. And
1: you're welcome to
0: them. Well, hey, that's, you know, we have differences of opinion. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got Backlash, Oblivion 2, the Charles Band movie. I got uh, TWOC, Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. Mm. Nice widescreen print. Heavy Metal, nice widescreen print. And then I got uh, Shakedown, the James Glickenhaus one with Sam Elliott and Peter Weller. Cool. I love that movie. That movie is so awesome. Uh, I got Lethal Weapon 1, 2, and 3. Don't ask. They were on sale at a Goodwill. My wife wanted them. Uh, I got The Fisher King, which is another movie I just absolutely adore. Uh, Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. Oh, that's tempting. Mercedes Rule actually won a, a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for that movie. It's, it's a really good movie. I really can't tell you anything about it, or I will be ruining plot points. Fair enough. So I'm just going to say it's, it's Gilliam, so it's got lots of weird imagery, and it is a really well-made movie.
1: Oh, wow. That one just slipped under my radar then, because I didn't even realize that that was Gilliam.
0: Yeah. I think it was, that was the very first movie he'd ever done that he did not write. I I think they mentioned something about that on the extras, that he did not write that one. It was the first time he'd ever done that. Then I got A Time to Kill, again, a movie I love. I think that movie is incredibly emotional. I haven't seen that one, actually. Again, I don't want to ruin anything, but there's a certain scene near the end. If you don't have some tears in your eyes, you're not human. So I would recommend that all the parts of it... Because it deals with a couple of uh hillbillies down south beating raping, and attempting to hang and kill a little black girl and then their her father goes and kills them in the court in the middle of the courthouse, and then he's on trial. there's a lot of racism it's got Kiefer Sutherland and Donald Sutherland in the same movie, although their characters never meet. Patrick McGowan is the judge the prisoner himself what? is the judge. yes. Patrick McGowan is the judge. That enough. That should be enough to make you go see that Ed Oh yeah, I'll watch him in anything. And and you know Matthew McConaughey, Oliver Platt, Samuel L. Jackson, Kiefer Sutherland, Donald Sutherland, uh, Sandra Bullock, Ashley Judd, Charles Dutton. Holy uh, it, cow! Yeah. Oh, it, it's 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 a John Grisham. Don't let the fact of it's directed by Joel Schumacher throw you off. Oh no, I don't. I don't mind him as long
1: as he's not directing Batman.
0: Okay, because I was surprised at how damn good this movie was.
1: I mean, I really enjoyed Phone Booth, so there you go.
0: I, I want to see the original cut with Ron Ellard instead of uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, is that, is that even floating around somewhere? No, but uh, Ron Ellard did the entire movie in Kiefer's role, and then they wanted a bigger name, so they hired mm-hmm. they hired Kiefer Sutherland to come in, and he redid everything Ron Ellard did, which has got to make Ron Ellard right, feel real good. Right, I heard about that. It's got to make him feel real good.
1: Pulling oh, a Darth yeah.
0: Vader. Exactly. Uh, and then I got The China Syndrome, another great movie. It's it's, a, it's one of those movies like Network that I think everybody should has to see at some point.
1: Well, see, I'm going to have to add that one to my list because you're, you're, I'm, I'm following along and there's a bunch of these coming out that I haven't seen.
0: Some, some of them I have, but... Uh, I got Blue Thunder, the super helicopter movie mm. with, with Roy Scheider and Daniel Stern. Uh, oh, cool. I, I think Malcolm McDowell's the villain in that one. I can't remember. I uh, got Fargo. Mm-hmm. You know, who doesn't have Fargo? Got the the name of the rose. The I love Sh- that film. Sean Connery, Ron Perlman, Christian Slater, F. Murray Abraham. That was a, that was a real pleasant surprise because I
1: really didn't know what I was getting myself into watching it, and I was thrilled with it.
0: Oh yes, it was. It's a damn good movie. Christian Slater's not even annoying in it, and it was an early film, so you'd think he might have been. I <laughs> uh, got Sling Blade, the two disc special edition, Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. uh, the Halloween Tree from Ray Bradbury. Not only is that not on DVD, Laserdisc has a commentary by Bradbury, which is really cool. Uh, the next one is another film that if you haven't seen, I can't recommend higher, and that's Romeo is Bleeding. I haven't even heard of it. Uh, oh, that's another one of those ones with a cast that, I mean, you've got Lena Olan and Gary Oldman and Will Patton and Roy Scheider, and I mean, this is one where every single character is played by a recognizable huge actor, but it was one of those like $4 million indie films.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, it's called Romeo is Bleeding. I'm not sure if you can get that on DVD or not, but I cannot recommend Romeo is Bleeding anymore. That's cool. a great film. And then I got uh, Chinatown. Excellent. Uh, Platoon Special Edition. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of extras that are not on the DVD. And then we go into my TV stuff. Twilight Zone 1985, Volume 2, Japanese import. Chicago Hope Season 1, Japanese import. Ghostbusters, The Revenge of Prime Evil. Remember the, the Ghostbusters cartoon with the monkey? Heck yeah, I do. Wait, wait, wait. The, w- with the, oh, the, the
1: the the other one, the other Ghostbusters.
0: Actually, this is the original Ghostbusters. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, the original
1: ones as opposed to the real Ghostbusters.
0: Right, because these are th- this one's a sequel to the 1975 kids show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, this is the first five episodes all edited together as a movie. You know, I think I rented that on VHS
1: back in the day.
0: Oh, I've got all the VHSs for all the Ghostbusters releases. Those are on DVD now. i got Tales from the Dark Side, volumes 3 and 4. Ray Bradbury Theater, volumes 2 and 3. X-Files, I've got two four episodes, two different discs of uh, X-Files episodes. Millennium, got the only Laserdisc release for those, which has got the first two episodes. Hmm. A bunch of classic Star Treks. I uh, got at least seven or eight of those, a couple of Next Generations, a bunch of Deep Space Nines, Amazing Stories, got all five volumes, which is all that was released in Laserdisc. Robotech Volume 5, Adventures of the mm. Galaxy Rangers, Tower of Combat, and Other Tales, Exo Squad Volumes 1 and 2, My Wife Bought This Next One, Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Ha <laughs> ha. That's the one where Shaggy turns into a werewolf. Nice. Uh, Ren and Stimpy, The Essential Collection, and here's where I say, Screw you, DVD! This has actually got the uncut episodes on this Laserdisc. Huh. The DVDs claim to be uncut, but there's actually missing scenes from the original that are in the original airings. But yet, I've heard that. So these Laserdiscs are uncut, uncut. They run longer than the, their DVD counterparts. So screw you, DVD, on that. And then I got my porn ones. New Wave Hookers, Night Dreams 2, Night Trips, Night Trips 2, House of Dreams, Kittens, and Chameleon, which are all hardcore. Nice. So that's my Laserdisc collection. Um, so. Mine is near
1: as extensive, and I've already I've already named a couple of the ones that I have. The goal for me was to have that as an option for pu- purely the ones that I desperately wanted to own that had some features that I was really interested in that I couldn't get any other way. So, you know, The Shadow, it had, those, it had the widescreen thing going for it. That was cool. Um, Mortal Kombat, the movie, uh, I love that movie, and I got it because it's a commentary that's not on the DVDs. And then uh, I have... Metropolis, the Marauder version of Metropolis with music by Queen and Pat Benatar and fantastic 80sness And I don't know um, if I've seen that version. Oh, it's 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 phenomenal. It's it's super cut down. They replace the intertitles with subtitles, and he just like super condenses it and get, uh, tints it with various colors and gives it an eighties soundtrack. And I don't necessarily recommend. And I don't recommend it as the way to see Metropolis. If you haven't seen it before, if you haven't seen it before, go get the the new kino super restored version it's gorgeous but if you were to say go watch metropolis i'd bust out the marota version because it is so much fun and it, it's it, it's only ever released on on laserdisc and vhs it's never been released on dvd
0: so i was gonna say i have metropolis on vhs but i have zero idea what cut it is
1: it's unlikely that it's the marota version
0: probably it's it's one of those clearly by the the cover art and the cheap cardboard and that it's clearly one of those public domain releases Oh yes, you you would know if it was then. Okay, yeah, that's the version of Metropolis I have. Okay, we got a little about ten minutes left. We wanted you brought this up off mic. Let's talk VCD. Now Absolutely. this this is going to be mostly you because I I never got into VCD. I've had some and I've got some things to say, but VCD go. Sure. Well, VCDs were. Asia's answer to VHS
1: which i don't think was ever really a big deal then uh VCDs are essentially their video CD or it's video on an actual CD format as opposed to the DVD format so you're you're squeezing i think you can actually get up to the amount of time that you would get on a music CD you could get that in video um about which is only you know, a little seven, over an hour yeah about seven, 70 minutes um and it's all VH, its about VHS quality. You're, you're looking at 320 by 240 pixels, and it was super cheap to produce, uh, extraordinarily popular in Asia. Never caught on in America, probably because we didn't want to, you know, switch discs because we were now past the laser disc uh, phase, or we didn't want to do that with lower quality video, or God only knows why. Uh, we just kind of fell off and stuck with VHS until DVD came around
0: see i 'm still kicking myself for this. the goodwill in Green Bay, and the only reason I didn 't get it was I had no money on me at the time. They had an officially released VCD it was I think it was five discs of Robocop officially released, and it was eight Whoa. bucks and I did not have the money on me and I, when I went back two days later when I had the cash, it was gone
1: oh that's a shame and of course, and of course the cool thing though is that it's it's just the the previous generation of DVD, really, and so most DVD players will play DVDs with absolutely no problem.
0: Laser disc players will too. One of one of my laser disc players uh, actually has you know you know that little tray where you can play the CDs in there yeah, as well. Can... one of mine will will play uh, VCDs. Get out of town. It's the same one as the auto flip that I was telling you about. The one that's got a laser on the top and bottom. I I only paid fifty bucks for it back in the '90s, but it, I have a feeling this was a really really high-end laserdisc player when it was new. It sounds like it. So I, I I was huge on the format. In fact, I
1: had tons of VCDs before I even had a DVD player because I could play them on my computer, which was the coolest thing ever. Playing a movie on your computer. So yeah, but I I get them from uh, retailers in. Malaysia and Singapore, and they were all legit releases because while we were getting the VHS tapes and so forth and you know eventually DVDs, they weren't doing the VHS tapes in Asia. So the companies were doing official releases on VCD in Asia, and they were cheap, which is great, and they were fun because they were a funky new format, and the cool thing was that you could occasionally get official VCD releases uh, like Laserdiscs that had stuff that were never available on DVDs and in fact I've got a copy of the remake of Planet of the Apes that has like a 20 minute making of special that isn't on the DVD
0: see I'm surprised that they were making them up to that point I'm really surprised that, that they were still making VCDs when that that what was that 01 that that came out that sure. movie
1: oh yeah and, and the, I wouldn't be surprised if they're still kind of out there not in actually well I'll tell you where it's big right now right now it's big in Africa Um, Nigerian movies are being released on VCD, again, because it is cheap. You don't have a DVD unless you are a class, but VCD players are all over the place. It's cheaper than VHS. They started with the VHS thing, but those tapes are much more expensive than little round pieces of plastic.
0: Because, see, the the thing that I hated about VCDs, here's where my complaint comes in. I was obviously really big into the bootlegging circuit. This is in the VHS era. This is when DVD was out, but recordable DVD was still really expensive. Mm -hmm. So everyone would go to VCDs. You'd be bootlegging everything, you know, you'd be bootlegging the complete series of Dungeons & Dragons or whatever on VCD. And VCD is garbage quality when you're unrecordable. The home-recorded stuff was horrible
1: quality. Well, absolutely, because there you're talking about something that was probably anyway duped from VHS, low quality, to VCD, low quality. They're about comparable if you get really clean transfers. But not if you're doing bootlegs.
0: Well, because well, my problem was the pixelization. I mean, you'd go from you know it would look all right on a bootleg VHS, and then when you put it to VCD, it looked like you were watching a, a YouTube clip in the first year of YouTube.
1: Well, I mean, it was it was about that resolution. The thing was that if you didn't have high quality technology doing that transfer, uh, and you weren't, you and you had kind of a dodgy source. Then yeah, forget it. That's that's what it's going to look like.
0: But at the same time, for some reason, everyone had that snobbery we were talking about before. That on the bootlegging circuit was, oh, you want to trade me VHS? I only deal in VCDs now. Well, and, and it's of like, course, why my would.
1: VHS looks better? Yeah, but here's the thing: is that VHS? It takes longer to make a dupe. Um, it's you- got to be real time, right? and you're and, and, right exactly and if you are going to a convention or, if, or something that has the dealer room with all the bootleg VHSs and stuff you have they're heavier uh, it's, you can't transport as many of them they take up more space VCDs you can burn them in a couple of minutes they take up less space they're just regular CDs that you're already using to burn music and so forth uh, it, was, it was the way to go Wh- whether or not the quality was any good
0: I see it from that perspective. I'm curious how many official in the U S releases there were, because I honestly was floored when I saw that RoboCop one at Goodwill. I would have I, never I wouldn't thought be
1: surprised if it wasn't American.
0: No, I I'd looked, well, I didn't see any like Japanese characters or any Asian characters or anything on it. And I, I believe it looked like may, maybe Canadian, but it looked legit. It looked like a legit American one. Like, I stupidly, it's on DVD, not not VCD, but I stupidly bought Star Wars Return of the Jedi, and I I should have been clued off that this was not official. Not only is the copyright in, uh, I can't, it's not a racism thing, I don't know if it's Japanese or Chinese or Korean, I can't read any of the scribbly language, but it's, it's in scribbly. When I popped it in, it was clearly a boot of Return of the Jedi, and I'm like, oh, come on. I should have been smart when I saw all the the Asian characters on that, though. Mm-hmm. You know th- that should have been my first clue that this is not a legitimate U.S. release.
1: It's probably from Hong Kong, where pir- piracy movie piracy was rampant, and that's where a lot of those come from.
0: Well, a, f- a friend of mine, uh, his wife is Asian, and he went to visit their family for a month, and he said any movie you could ever think of was bootlegged on the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely any movie you could think of. You could get for like 25 cents American, and and I asked him, "I'm like, pick me up a stack. I don't care what, just grab me a stack of whatever you can grab." Some of them were movies that weren't even out in the U.S. yet. Sure,
1: I had uh, actually a friend of mine uh, was from Indonesia. He went to Jakarta and brought me back a couple. I was just curious. I've since I'm not big on piracy, and I own the DVDs of these films, but I. Uh, they were Spider-Man 2 hadn't been released on on VHS or DVD yet, and it was in a it was in a weird aspect ratio thing where you could see the boom mic in some scenes and see special effects that were unfinished because it wasn't matted properly. So I don't know how they got that print and uh, a Star Wars episode, whatever, was out at the, about the same time with ATSTs and stuff on the cover because they didn't care.
0: Well, uh, look at the Lloyd Kaufman internet video for the bootlegging of Poltergeist. He not he actually compliments them at one point, their cover art is better than you know they they made us some new Photoshop cover art, and he likes it better than their official cover art, but not only do they have like Alfred Molina is starring in the movie, which he's not he's not mm-hmm. in the in the movie at all, they have pictures on the back of the box from like the Toxic Avenger in that and it's like that's none amazing. of this makes any sense. I saw one for I am Legend and for some reason all the pictures on the back were Keanu Reeves from the Matrix but it was for the Will Smith I Am Legend movie i've
1: seen the same i've i've seen a similar one where they prince sandler in the um yes in the quotes in the back and stuff from one of those same bootlegs
0: yeah and you just kind of i know there's a language barrier but really it's one of those really situations so i just i just never got into vcd i never got into that there and there are a few cases where I have, due to quality issues, my VHSs are better than the than DVDs. I've got a work print for Boogie Nights on VHS, and due to the length of the movie, you have to go at a lower quality to move it to DVD. It actually pixelizes to the point where my you know dubbing off a, another generation on VHS is better quality than dubbing it directly to DVD. Wow. Because, but you got to realize when you get to a certain low resolution, the DVD it actually tries to fill in the pixels, the missing pixels, and makes mm-hmm. it w- and they make it worse. So there is a certain resolution where, dude, just take my VHS copy. Don't don't bother with the DVD of this.
1: Well, it's the, the resolution. The resolution is the same, but the the fidelity isn't because you 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 have to use a, a lower bit rate in order to fit it all on the disc.
0: Right. Whereas, yes, I could split it over like three discs at the high quality speed, but that's ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, At that point, you're doing VCDs. You're changing the movie every hour. Mm-hmm. So screw that. But we're almost out of time. Hopefully Brad and Jared, they never popped in in this episode, so I'm assuming they're still having net issues. Hopefully they'll be back next week because I, I want to go back to, do you remember in our early episodes how we'd analyze an entire franchise? Mm-hmm. I want to go back to that because it was a franchise I just watched all the movies of, and I want to see if Brad and Jared want to do that with me. Cool. And check out... Ed's website at darkmaze.com, my website at twelve oh one beyondblogspotcom you can contact me at twelve oh one beyond at gmail.com and you can contact Ed at ed at
1: darkmaze.com.
0: Darkmaze. I couldn't remember what the what the dominion was for your email. So thank no you. No worries. Very, thank you very much. Night guys. Good night.